Taylor Walker from the Yellow Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the GRS Giants. That's Brad Eber from the Port Adelaide Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. The number 28 of the 50 most relevant GWS Giant, Stephen Cornelio. wonder if he'll be a Giant in 12 months' time. No, we will not speculate his future. Uh, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. I do hope you're well and enjoying the 50 most relevant and a real interesting player to talk about to go through all things Stephen Cornelio. i got Jimmy on the line. Hello, mate. How are you? Hello, MJ. Hello, listeners. Good to be back. Mate, I'm pretty excited to talk about Stephen Cornelio, who was one of the most popular players last year. Um, and that was because he came off uh, an injury-affected season the year before in 2017. Still managed to average 90 uh, and mid-90s in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, but just the seven games. So he was awarded a discount for us. But with no discount this year and a career-best fantasy season just in the rearview mirror, do coaches go there again? Because it was a ripping season. His highest score last year in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team was a 152 against the Melbourne Football Club, while in Supercoach, even better, 157 against Carlton. He did crack that magical elite number of 110 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. Fell just agonizingly short of that with a 108.4 in Supercoach. In Supercoach, he is going to set you back 588,600. Just a touch over 800000 in AFL Fantasy and $789,500 for AFL Dream Team coaches. It was a career best year for Stephen Cornelio. 28 possessions, 11 of those contested, 17 uncontested, 7 score involvements, 5 tackles, 5 clearances, averaged 4 inside 50s a game and a goal a game. In fact, 6 of his games last year, he scored 2 goals or more. He was the complete AFL and AFL fantasy super coach player for us last year. And those of us that started with him got mega value and incredible return on investment for us. Oh, absolutely. Um, he's a lock. That's um, that's today done. Move on. Who's number 27? <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? I'm really keen. Let's talk a bit more about what he was able to deliver for us because yeah. there's not as much... Um, love for him because he has had that, what some would believe is, hit his fantasy football ceiling. And at 25, that's always dangerous to say someone's hit their fantasy football ceiling. But last year in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, yeah, he averaged that 110. Six scores over 120 that year. 15 tons from his 21 games. And he started the year on fire. 146, 120, 111, 121, 112, 102. In fact, you've got to go to round 14 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. For the first time, he dipped his scoring below 92. That's scary consistency. Then Supercoach, yep, probably not as hot uh, of a year, just the 12 tons. Seven of those, though, were over the 120 mark. And he did um, probably slow his scoring down a little earlier in the year, a few less hundreds. But I think what he's got going for him more in Supercoach is arguably that bigger fantasy ceiling. Uh, There was probably three games, I think it was, where he went over the 140 mark. But he's got big, more consistent 120 kind of scores in, um, you know, in Super Coach. Um, you know, a couple of 150s to wrap up the year. That 157 in round 20. That 150 exactly in Super Coach in round 23 in the grand final matchup. Uh, it's really safe to say, mate. If you picked him last year, 
he was an incredible selection for you. But I don't think he's done anything during the preseason and there's been that much of a drastic change to how he's going to be expected to perform this year that mean coaches should have cooled so drastically on him. Yeah, no, it's funny, isn't it? And, um, you know, there's, you're starting to get, I guess, you know, a super coach open now and, um, and dream team not far away that, uh, the, and, and fantasy, I think in the next few days too, that we're going to see a lot more of these, um, you know, initial teams coming out and, uh, even just over the last little while, we're not seeing his name come up much at all. And for a player who had as good a year as he did, it's um, it's baffling. You know, he's he is priced at at his performance. Sure, but, um, people just don't want to pay that money for him. Um, you know, just have that hesitation of whether he can do it again. But uh, to be honest, I can't see any reason why he wouldn't. Well, well, that's the thing is we always have this concern when a player goes from a premium numbers, which he was, you know, previously when fit to probably, a, a, you know, almost an uber elite premium. Anytime you get a premium that can go over 110, yep, he just missed it in Supercoach, so fair enough. But for Fantasy and Dream Team, you go, oh, the, he won't do it again. I'm like, well, what about someone like a Jackson McRae who went so far way over and above what he ever averaged and went into the 120s? Do you have the same concerns and question marks about him or or any other player that's had their real emerging season of going to the next level? Because there's not that much drastic change about him. I love his fantasy basement, just the two scores in Supercoach beneath 80. Uh, Even better in AFL Fantasy, just the two scores all year below 90. And you could probably say, given the frequency of hundreds he gave us in AFL Fantasy, you could put him as a captaincy candidate you know in supercoach the ability to uh, use the vice captaincy leap loophole through there certainly um does give us some potential because he's got a really high ceiling there but that's what you want with these starting squad premiums as well you don't just want a guy that's going to be a top 10 midfielder for the year or a top six midfielder for the year you want as many captaincy options heading into your side and now without someone like a Tom Mitchell, who for the past two seasons has been very much that set-and-forget captain, you want, I don't know, I feel comfortable with needing at least three, if not four or more, um, guys that I look at and go, look, most weeks, I could put the captaincy on him. Because there's going to be a week where it's a bad matchup for a McRae. There's going to be a bad week where it's a bad matchup for Brody Grundy or, or Clayton Oliver or or his teammate, Josh Kelly, you need multiple captaincy options. And I think you can build a case that Cornelio deserves to be in that consideration. Oh, absolutely. It does. I mean, look at that ceiling. But, uh, and I think part of, um, you, know, you, you touched on Josh Kelly there, and I, I think that might be part of people's thinking with uh, Cornelio is that uh, rightly or wrongly, people, um, well, well, many coaches will prefer to have only a, a one or two players from a, a, you know, from a given club across a, a line. And if, um, they're looking at Kelly as the preferred premium, or if they're looking at Toronto, or um, you know the, they've got a couple of other giants scattered through it, um, they don't want to overload on the one team, and maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's that um, that fixation on getting value that um, we often try and find, and they're they're looking at your your Taylor Adams types instead, maybe, and the, or, or the cheaper options like your um, your, your Miles or your Libba. That um, yeah, it's it's funny how we try and put the team together, but um, there's I just can't see any genuine reason why he'd perform any less than he did last year. 
um, Shield going out, I don't think really affects him, to be honest. No, well, well that's the thing. Shield and Canelio are very different type of players um, in GWS. Um, Canelio's almost that new modern tagger where he will man up and focus on you against the, in the stoppages. But the moment that the clearance is done and won, he will look for an opportunity to hurt you. Um, he's, yeah. he's not just your old school tagger of a Ben Jacobs style where his sole focus is to prevent you from getting any easy touch on the ball to limit you and will sacrifice their game for the sake of it. You look at some of those averages, like, you know, high 20 disposal numbers, half of them are uncontested. He's burning you the other way. So he's going to make sure when he lines up on a Patrick Cripps, a a Jackson McRae, that damaging in and out midfielder of the other side, he's going to make sure he holds you accountable to not just what you're doing for your team, but he's going to try to hurt you on the other way. And when he averages a goal a game, that that just sinks the booty even further. You know, no one likes getting a goal kicked against them, let alone a midfielder. But you're right. I look at that. He's ranked right now as the number four midfielder in AFL fantasy and in the top 10 in super coach um, for midfielders. And that includes Tom Mitchell above him. And yes, there are names like a Fife that are, you know, maybe in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team beneath him. A Matt Crouch, a Zach Merritt. Um, you know, there are some very popular and well-beloved names that, yes, I understand, they're below him in terms of where they are. But I can't predict a considerable drop-off because Shield's a different player. Um, he's the tagger. So a team's really going to shut down the negating midfielder when and then let the guys of Lockie Whitfield off the leash on the outside and Josh Kelly on the in and outside free uh, that that feels really dangerous to let those two free in the midfield and Cornelio be the one you lock down on yeah no I, I can't see that happening too much um and we'll, we'll be proven wrong at some point I'm, I'm sure, sure. But, um, yeah and and he does have those low games you mentioned you know, the, the couple of games below that 80 90 mark and, and they do hurt when they come especially if you've got him as captain but um but that ceiling on the foot side of it and uh, that general consistency for for 16 out of 22 weeks of the year is um yeah i think makes him well worthwhile um having as an option so i don't think um it's as much that you can, you have to lock him in. Um, not much as I said earlier, but mm. um, I think he has to be in that conversation of um, of who you're going to pick instead of Tom Mitchell now. Well, and, and it is an interesting buy round that um, he finds himself on round fourteen, the final of the buy round. So that that does bode in his favour. But there are some very popular um, fantasy football midfielders that people are looking for from that kind of period and from the six clubs. You've got GWS already spoken about teammate Josh Kelly uh, Richmond especially in Supercoach I, I, there's a lot of love um, bubbling away in the fantasy community especially in Supercoach for Dustin Martin um, it is there for AFL Fantasy and Dream Team but more so in Supercoach Carlton Patrick Cripps looks again a, a likely top couple of, of midfielders then Adelaide you know throw the, the list over a couple of names there like um, the Crouch Brothers and Rory Sloan uh, and even in Gold Coast someone like uh, Anthony Miles is getting a lot of Love. Granted, not a premium, but another one from that line. And so these are obviously variable factors that people have to put in place. Is can he go 110 again in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team? Can he push it a little bit higher in Supercoach? Can he not? Um, what's the buy structure? Who do I perform more? These are all factors in place. And, and if you're not confident that he's going to be able to deliver at least what he's done again in 2018, then 
upgrade target him. But if you are looking for something unique that's got some captaincy potential about him, given his ceiling, and you contrast the amount... You can check in the article. I've contrasted some of the amount of hundreds he gets um, opposed to some of the others that are around his price point. He's riding contention for frequency of hundreds. So, yeah, he may have only had 15 or 16 or whatever it is in fantasy, but that's right in the conversation of a lot of the big midfielders. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Where would you take him in the draft, MJ? Well, that's the interesting one, because on a rankings point right now, he should be in the top 10 midfielders selected. But I I think I can see him drifting a little beneath that, um, definitely in Supercoach and possibly in AFL Fantasy. Obviously, Mitchell comes out. I think Andrew Gaff slides maybe um, half a round to a round later than he should um, due to missing the opening rounds of the year. It's where people start to rank guys like Dane Beams, where they start to rank Matt Crouch. Angus Brayshaw in for Fantasy and Dream Team, um, where they start to put um, Zach Merritt. Do they believe he's going to go um, and deliver more for them? I, I think he's likely to go as early as the second round, um, but no later than the third round um, it, it is kind of my reading on it at the moment. I don't, I don't see anyone jumping really big and early on him in round one, regardless of the format, because I think people, once they get the McCrays, the Crips, um, you know, yes, Cornelio is right up the top of that, but I feel like people will trust the name currency or or the attractive hype that these guys are getting in the preseason more and then try to get him as their second midfielder or once they lock in a Laird or Grundy or Danger with their first round pick, yep, I'll, I'll go and pick Cornelio up on, on my second round selection there. What's your take, man? Yeah, look, I tend to have him a, a little higher, I think. it's um, He's because of what he did average last year, yeah. and people will be looking at that when they're when they're choosing their first and second round players. That um, he's there will be there will be those that are clearly taken ahead of him. There's yep. no doubt about that. And people will be looking at the premium options on other lines yes. rather than just great midfielders. So your top couple of defenders, your, your danger field up forward, your Grundy, of course, and, and probably Gorn in the rucks may all go before him. But I think um, once the once McRae's gone and people are weighing up, okay, do I want Cripps or do I want um, you know, Oliver or do I want Cornelio? He's in that frame of conversation. And so yeah. I think in most drafts, he's probably going to go late first round. Yeah, right. Um, and, and if not, then certainly early in the second. Um, someone who did pick up a, um, a, a, a Ford or a, a Defender or a Ruck in the first round will jump all over him as their first mid in the second, I think. And that's a, a huge win if you can nail that. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating because every coach treats a draft differently and how they look to do it. Um, and if they're a play often, um, you know, salary cap formats of the game, um, which for me right now, Cornelio's kind of uh, an upgrade target. I don't have him in any of my starting squads, but he's right in contention um, as an upgrade target. It is fascinating um, to see that because he's not getting much attention, he may slide under the radar. And then the guys, those we've spoken about, the Crips, the the Olivers, the Crouches, um, the Fight, you know, these guys that are ranked below him in terms of where their average point is, um, may go ahead of him. I, I'd be fascinated to see where he does go in drafts because getting him as a late first-round selection, I don't think is a bad place to pick him. Um, I, but I'd be intrigued to see how many midfielders go early this year because I think people are going to pay a premium to get the Lloyd and Laird. I think they're going to, you know, Dangerfield, I don't see a, a, any, you know, draft where he's not gone in the opening handful of selections, similar with yeah. Grundy. Um, so that's the real fascination. Uh, I think I agree. 
I, I think he'll be gone before the end of the second round, but there may be some drafts where they go heavy on other lines and you could get him early third, and that would be as late as he goes. Oh, that would be astonishing. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Yeah. But you could see that happen. You could see people with um, the kick-in rules kicking in, people jumping earlier than they should uh, on defenders. You could see them desperately locking in that top-tier forward, wanting to get that big ruck. So every draft is different. But, yeah, I, I think he's a top-20 selection. But you may get lucky. <laughs> Maybe I'm just being optimistic. Yeah, oh, look, if um, if you can nail it, well done. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he goes a touch earlier just based on, on form. And, and in a draft, that name currency, um, on that, when you're picking that initial, yeah. isn't quite as much an issue as I think in a, a, a Dream Team or Supercoach Fantasy type option where um, where you're picking these guys on the basis of trying to find value compared to you know, and how you're spending your money across mm. the team as a whole. Um, and in the, you know, that favouritism. And, and in a draft, though, when you're looking at it and you've got the choice of a guy who did just go 110 versus a guy that went 100, but you think he probably goes 110. Yeah. More often than not, and especially a player like Canelio, I think he'll... Um, yeah, if, if he goes past uh, the mid-second round, I think... Um, yeah, It'll be a bit surprising, hey? Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's All right. it. But, um, but yeah, and from a keeper point of view, of course... Um, yeah, he's as, as high a currency as it gets, I think. I was about to say, he's he's right. Uh, 12 months ago was the opportunity to kind of jump on him, getting him yep. right out of the back of that injury season. But now any midfielder that's in their mid-20s and shows they can push that 110 average, yep. it, you, you're going to have to pay way too much to get that. Um, yep. And, yep. and it's not worth going after that. If you're an owner of Canelio, the only reason you're getting rid of him is because you are desperate to fill a mega premium in another line and get probably something else. Hmm. Yeah, I, I just no, don't know why you do it. Yeah. yeah. I just no, don't know why you do it. Hey, man, appreciate your thoughts today on Stephen Canelio. No worries, mate. Anytime. If you want to go and check out the article, it is online now at coachespanel.tv. That is where you can also get the links to become a member of our Patreon and get early access to these podcasts and some exclusive content just for our Patreon members. Make sure you leave a five-star rating and review if you're enjoying this podcast series. And we'll be back again tomorrow with another player in the 50 Most Relevant.